the last number is your path number. And the path number is really the key to living a fulfilled life by understanding who you are and why you're here on this planet at this time. In order for you to be seen and feel fulfilled and successful, your path is, is this single trait that you must manifest in your day-to-day -day life. Otherwise, you'll always feel that you can say, you know, quote, something is missing from your life. Live your path and all else will come naturally. So your path number is the sum of all the numbers of your birth date, the month, the day, and the year. You add them all up. Welcome to your weekly woo. I'm Julie Heishi. And I'm Lindsay Page. We come to you today to shed light on unconventional methods of healing, living, being in the world. While some people may call these practices woo, we're here to talk about merging the spiritual with the practical, about becoming empowered to choosing your journey to wholeness. Everyone's path to finding joy is a unique and beautiful game of trial and error, full of important lessons. We're here to share our journey, our experiences, and our truth, so maybe your road doesn't have to be as bumpy as ours was, or simply to remind you that you're not alone. We bring on guests to join us for these chats so they can impart their wisdom and probably teach us a thing or two as well. We believe empowerment comes from knowledge Good morning. and frame We're of gonna mind. Do something a you may bit see or care today. for yourself Julie, differently after learning a new perspective. Me, Lindsay, this creates a, a ripple effect for how you show up in the world. <laughs> so take what so sticks excited. and leave the rest. You are your own greatest healer, your about own guide, and your own guru. practical We're here to take this journey with you. Our craft. Woo conversation we want to, in a very lively and engaging way, share these with you. We don't want to just speak at you. We want to teach with you and learn with you and grow with you. And part of that is Julie's going to share her craft with me and give me a numerology reading. Now, behind the scenes, Julie has shared this with me very um, in an informal setting, but this is the first time I've actually gotten a real live numerology reading. I'm excited. Julie, tell us a little bit about numerology, how you got into it and how you like to use it. Yeah, of course. The very first time that I heard about numerology was in my Kundalini yoga teacher training. So as a part of the Kundalini tradition, they talk a lot about yogic or tantric numerology. And so numerology in its roots is very different than yogic or tantric numerology. And I'll explain the differences in a moment. But yogic or tantric numerology has its roots in ancient yogic and tantric teachings. And it's developed really to shine a light on our path, our skills, and the nature of who we are, you can say our human soul. So tantric numerology gives us a really effective map, you could call it, so that we can align with our highest self and use the teachings of kundalini yoga to make that a bit more graceful and excel in a way. I personally think that the real gift of yogic numerology is its quickness and its simplicity and its accuracy. Like when I first learned about this in teacher training, we all had to do 
our own readings and our own numbers, which I'll get into in a moment as well. And then we got to learn about them so that we could learn more about ourselves. And I'm not kidding, my jaw hit the ground because it's this valuable, accurate information that I already knew. You know, I I knew about myself. I didn't necessarily want to admit it, but (laughs) it really gave me a roadmap of my strengths, my weaknesses, and how to excel with my strength and how to become aware of my weakness so that it doesn't knock me on my butt, (laughs) if that makes sense. It sounds very familiar to what we talked about with Katie Glass, which is human design and astrology, illuminating how to use your strengths and weaknesses, not necessarily project the cause exactly. of either the failure or success. Yeah, totally. And you know, it's so funny. I was going to mention numerology when we had Katie on, but she was just giving us so many great nuggets that I was like, nope, I'm not even going to go there. So maybe next time we talk about uh, astrology and human design, we can see if there are any overlaying similarities between, because I think that would be interesting too. And just like what Katie was speaking about in our past episode, numerology isn't the answer to all the questions. It's not the seeing into a crystal ball or, you know, knowing the future. It's just a really simple and elegant tool. So we can understand ourselves through the lens of numerology and understand ourselves through the lens of the 10 bodies. The 10 bodies are just another map, another map like astrology like human design, like one of the many other maps that we that we have for getting to know ourselves and getting from point A to point B. So as we know, we are more than just our physical body. We talk about this a lot. And the 10 bodies is this concept that we have these multi-dimensional layers. So there's the soul body, all of the mental bodies, negative, positive, neutral, Of course, the physical is in there. And then the more subtle bodies, like the subtle body, the pranic body, the aura, the radiant body. We can get to know our strengths and our weaknesses in every single one of those layers. It really gives us this truth about ourselves that we can either choose to look at or we can choose to say, no, I'm just going to leave that over there and and focus on something else for now. So it really is this sort of like beautiful map that we can play with. And it helps us with self-mastery. From the Kundalini Yoga perspective, it teaches us that when we have all of these different parts of ourselves, all of these 10 bodies operating in their highest capacity, we can access all of these parts of ourselves to be our most highest and dynamic self in the world. To dive in, where you start is with your birth date, right? So I provided that to you. I was born in February. And then you have this little calculation that you do. Mm -hmm. And where are we going to start? So how you cultivate your soul number is the day that you were born. So for instance, I was born on the 5th. So my soul number is a 5. Let's say you were born on the 23rd. You would add 2 and 3 together to make 5. We break down the numbers if they're over 11. So if you're born on the 11th, your soul number is an 11. If you're born on the 12th, then you would add the one and the two 
to make three. To give a little background on what the soul number is, it's really the core of our identity. It tells us our own internal relationship with ourselves and also with the infinite or the divine, if you want to call it that, the unlimited part of ourselves, the highest self. And it's really the key to tapping into our creativity. I could use that information. (laughs) I could benefit. Of course. So before we dive into your soul number of six, I have a question for you. Okay. Do you find that you're able to easily keep yourself centered in times of stress? I'm pausing to think about the most recent stressful situations instead of instead of ones that maybe six months or 12 months ago, mm-hmm. trying to remain present. Well, it's all valuable insight. So you can use mm-hmm. both. I operate well in times of stress, especially if it's someone else's stressful situation that I'm helping them through. What I don't do well within stressful situations is my dietary self-care is usually the one that struggles the most. Interesting. So that's when, if I'm stressed out, that's usually the first thing that goes. I'll usually go towards the comfort foods or quick grab and go eat foods just to operate in a different state within the stress. Yeah. It's interesting you said that because this soul number really gives us a clear indication of of our relationship with ourselves. So in times of stress, that could be the first thing that goes. At the very center of who you are, the soul, is you could call it the conscious consciousness. And your intuition is there as well. And I know to peel back the curtain, you've been working on this sort of like energetic, intuitive part through energy work and your interest in Reiki and whatnot. But if your intuition isn't working, then ultimately you're not able to tune into the deeper parts of yourself. If you ever experience this state of stress or confusion about what's going on in the world, it's very hard to look at the inner soul, the conscious consciousness part, and have confidence that we know how to deal with that situation out in the world. So when we're in touch with our sort of infinite identity, the soul, we're in touch with our essence. This means you can be at harmony with yourself and your intuitive, you can call them powers, I'm doing air quotes right now. And how you strengthen that is through meditation. In terms of the soul number, the infinite, unlimited parts of ourselves, the number six is the arc line in the ten bodies. And the arc line is our protection. It's also our projection. If you think of a little halo, if you see um, an old painting or a depiction of a deity, they have this little halo that goes from ear to ear. And that is the arc line. It holds a lot of mm, history there. You could say that your, your records from your past lives are also held in the arc line. So I'll say this little tidbit again, because I think it's, this is sort of where we're going here. When you're in tune with your essence, and your essence from this particular soul number six is this very steadfast, protective, yet you know not closed off part of yourself, this means you're really in harmony 
with your intuitive self. And every time that you meditate, you become in tune with that essence and your intuitive self more, therefore enhancing your essence to be as strong and centered and spiritual as it really wants to be. Lindsay's nodding her head right now and like looking off in the distance. What's coming up for you? I haven't meditated in a couple months. I would say that I do have quiet time. I do have walking meditation, but I haven't had a dedicated meditative practice since my life has kind of shifted since end of March or April. I've taken on quite a number of different new projects at that time. And that's when I would say that I was stressed in a different way. You know, there's good stress and bad stress, but that's also when I started to get really burned out with food prep and food preparation. And that's when I would say that my diet got kind of wonky. So coming back to to meditation might help me come back to, might help ground me a little bit is what I'm feeling. Definitely. And the groundedness that you're talking about, like your centeredness is when all of the energy starts to flow. So the mental, emotional could get clearer, creative could get clearer because it's meditation, as you know, is like this beautiful tool to find your center, but it's also this beautiful tool to realize the fluctuations of the mind and the why and to be present to the here and now and to get this sort of divine messaging that comes through when we're really still. So interesting. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for the next number? Yes, what will this number have to do with? So this next number is called the karma number, or it can also be called the mastery number. So karma is, you know, what we give out, we get back. But it really indicates the nature of our relationships with other people. So the soul was all about our relationship with ourselves. The karma or mastery is all about other people. So this number describes the thing that you have to break through in order to be successful in your relationships with others. It's sort of like the quote unquote test of your life. So the karma number is determined by the sum of the month numbers. So Lindsay, you were born in February. Mm -hmm. Your karma number is two. And once again, I'll do mine just because I have a double digit. I was born in December. So that's the 12th month. I add one and two together to make three. So my karma number would be three. And so what does this mean? In order to feel that your external world is going right for you, your negative mind must be working properly. So the second body in the 10 bodies of consciousness model is the negative mind. So the negative mind is the part of our minds that warns us about possible danger, which is a good thing. We need that. Karmically, you particularly, Lindsay, might be susceptible to try to connect with everybody. Does that hit? Keep going. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's possible. Yeah. I want to know more. Yeah, for sure. You might try to connect with people no matter what, no matter... Uh, what has happened in the past or, or anything like that. So in order to develop your own caliber and quality, you need to be in the company of people who have elevated consciousness, positive people who can uplift you and inspire you. Yeah. And if your negative mind works properly, 
then you're able to calculate the danger in any relationship. And so you can really become aware of which relationships are beneficial to your soul and your infinite self and also the ones that aren't. This leads you to be easily open or, you know, to be sort of like taken advantage of, which is okay. It's a learning process. But the solution is to activate the negative mind so that you'll be able to calculate the danger in any situation so that you'll be able to avoid forming associations with people who don't really inspire you and lead you to your fullest potential. I definitely see how that shows up in my life of wanting to see the best in everybody, wanting to give everyone the benefit of the doubt, looking to honor each connection and each human. And I also see where I've been negatively impacted in my past of being too open and being negatively affected because I wasn't aware of the danger of letting, I don't want to say negative people, but of letting people in that didn't have my best interest in mind. Yeah. Totally. I'm curious I'm curious about this one because I feel like it that would be an important lesson for anybody. Yeah. To know and understand. But what numerology is telling me is that I'm more susceptible than others. Yes. So because your karma number is two, which is the negative mind, this is sort of like your life's lesson for you specifically. Yes, everybody is going to have this sort of lesson that they work through at some point. But for you, this might be something that comes up again and again and again. And once again, that's okay. The key here is to notice when your negative mind is really strong or really weak. Looking at the duality there, is it too strong? Is it too weak? If it if it's weak, you it could be you know, making poor choices in relationships that you can't recognize potential danger. How would I do that before something happens? How would I know that my negative mind is weak and therefore need to be like super clear about relationships? Yeah. The first thing is the understanding, the understanding about yourself. So knowing what a weak negative mind looks and feels like is the first step. And that's looking back and saying, when was I easily fooled? When did I make a poor choice? On the opposite end of the spectrum, if it's too strong, it's it's almost like analysis paralysis. When you're immobilized by imagined dangers and, and negative attitude towards the future. Sometimes you can also live in both of those dualities. So noticing that first and then knowing what the mastery of that mind is or the balance of that mind is. And the balance is getting creativity from your soul. It's the meditation. It's developing discernment to identify dangers, but also put yourself out there so you can really be in tune and start to build your self-trust. The key to balancing this particular body is to strengthen and exercise your discipline, to develop 
uh, conscious relationships of integrity, to feel deserving enough to defend yourself. To balance this particular body, if it's too strong, you can also develop more of a positive mind. So you can develop a positive mind by modeling the behaviors of the people around you who are successful in their expression of enthusiasm and trust and hope. So numerology gives us a map that we can practice self-study with. So in terms of your karma, or we can call it the mastery number, if you are consciously aware of this number and your relationships in the world and, and how your negative mind influences them, you might begin to find a bit of mastery, not only of the negative mind, but of relationships that you have. So it's all connected. And of course, we know that relationships out in the world give us inspiration. They give us, um, you know, we talked a lot about in the episode about community. What is the, the benefit of being in community and around others? They inspire us. They lift us up. They are a sounding board. How is all of this landing for you? I'm getting the message that I need to start meditating again and I think that if I start doing that some other things like creativity will start to feel a little bit more easeful the karma one I'm feeling a little fuzzy about do you find yourself in analysis paralysis yeah Hmm. I think so so this could mean that your negative mind is too strong if we talk about balance of all of the parts of us right we want a balanced physical body a balanced breath for our pranic body, we also want a balanced mind. And so the balance of positive, negative, and neutral is a challenge. And for you specifically, Lindsay, your negative mind is going to to pop up a lot. It's going to pop up maybe a lot more than someone else who doesn't have a karma or yeah, a karma number as the number two. So if you find that you're really sort of in that analysis paralysis, or you have this sort of like, we'll call it a negative attitude toward the future. That's okay. Because that's part of who you are. That's part of your makeup. Like you're learning about the gene keys right now. It's, it's part of you. And so when we can get really clear about when that starts to come up, and then how to balance it, then we can have a bit more success and fluidity in balancing it and managing it. So really, if it's too strong, like yours might be, look to someone who uses their positive mind, strengthen your positive mind. What does that mean? That could be gratitude, that could be meditation to sort of get these clouds of of negativity out of the mind and balance them. There's so many ways to balance the the positive mind. And this is when the kundalini technology comes in because there's, I kid you not, thousands of kriyas and breathworks meditations to do. And I'll send you some of those to make it really practical. Work on your navel chakra. Your navel chakra is your, um, you know, your, your power, your assertiveness. You can use positive affirmations. And as a kundalini yoga teacher, when you say work on your navel chakra, what I envision that looking like is moving your body from that, from that center. Mm. I don't know. You tell me. Yeah, totally. I mean, you're pretty much on point there. Anything to, and I'm like rubbing my belly right now, <laughs> anything to awaken this navel center. It could be very simply as like pumping my navel, 
It's, uh, you could do breath of fire. You can do stretch pose. You can do a plank. You can do anything that stimulates the navel center, any kind of core exercise. That's on a very, you know, physical level. If you wanted to do a pranayama, like I mentioned about breath of fire, you just pump, pump, pump the navel with the breath. And not only is that going to stabilize you physically, because every movement comes from the core, it's also going to stabilize the mind as well. Of course, they're all connected. (laughs) So maybe as a part of your meditation, Lindsay, you can do uh, a sort of like breath of fire or Kapalabhati breath where you pump your navel and then you can sit down for meditation. And that could really sort of like balance all of your being in that sense. I'm sure there will be other things that come up as we continue on with the reading, but this is why I love numerology and love the the 10 bodies model is because we can really create like a customized practice based on who you are, mm-hmm. you know, and it, and it does help with self-mastery and self-study so that we can just live lives that are a bit more joyful and aligned with our higher self. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's a, like a, a sort of fun segue into the next number. When we talk about our highest selves, it's our gift number. Describes our you know sort of God-given talent. It's the thing that you don't really have to work hard for because it's already here and it's yours. You simply just need to accept it, which is sometimes the hard part. So how you come to your gift number is the sum of the decade in which you were born. So it's the last two digits of the year you were born. So your number is a nine. Your gift number is a nine. I was born in 91. (laughs) So my number is a 10. And we get to that by combining those two numbers. Your gift number of a nine And it's so interesting how all of these are connected. The key to accepting your gift is to connect to your soul. You can't accept and use your gifts unless you feel that you deserve them. So remembering that this gift is already yours. Relax, use it, enjoy it. Your gift is to be able to master any situation very quickly. Yeah. (laughs) Lindsay just raised her eyebrows. She's like, okay. So you're a very accurate person in your perception of what goes on around you. You have insight into other people's motivations and needs, which makes you a good helper, a good caretaker. Your gift is that you are a master. This mastery will bring you this sort of inner great peace. Whenever you try to do something in your life, you'll master it and understand it in this very subtle and quick way. Whatever you do, you do it as an artist. You're the master of your tools and of your environments. And if you keep on the spiritual path in your life, your gift of being this master, this artist, will manifest even more strongly. The number nine is the subtle body, the ability to sense the infinite, the universal reality within the material and the physical. It's calm, it's subtle, it's intuitive, it's insightful. Finesse and tranquility are here. You can see the unseen and know the unknown. And the key to really bringing this out, this intuitive, this subtle, this master that you are, 
and you're going to laugh, it's to practice a meditation or a Kriya for a thousand days. (laughs) (laughs) Because you're relating to the mastery of a practice, of a technology, of consciousness. So you get to embody being a master. What's coming up for you? This is probably the one that has resonated the most, maybe because it's something that I've already accepted, something that I feel that makes a lot of sense, the mastery and being able to be very accurate and master any situation quickly is is what has made me good at many, many jobs prior to now. But it's the accuracy that I always seek out when learning new jobs that I feel that drives me towards that. Mm -hmm. All of it resonates so strongly. And it's also a very big shadow of mine. Mm. Because with accuracy is, for me, that's where it's exalted, but where it's diminished meaning like it causes me harm is where the accuracy goes into like the perfectionism mode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or like feeling misunderstood or frustrated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The insight by being a good caretaker, I get a lot of satisfaction out of understanding how to Give someone what they need. Mm. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, I just want everyone to find joy in their life and to ease suffering. And being a a caretaker can be a beautiful thing. In in the shadow side of it, of how it's shown up in my life, is if I take care care of someone without taking care of myself first. Mm. Or if I feel that It's some kind of like codependent, I'm only okay if everyone else around me is okay kind of a thing. Whereas still centering myself first and then taking care of others is really important. Well, here's the interesting part of where numerology is all interwoven. You have this gift of being this master, this caretaker, this like very, you know, intuitive, subtle person. But because of your karma number and your negative mind and because of your soul number and experiencing maybe this little bit of confusion or lack of confidence, we can question our gift. And we do it all the time. That's part of being a human. But when you're aware that that's your tendency, right, you can say, oh, here it comes again. And then you can remember this. I mean, remember this gift is already yours. It's already here. It's not something you have to work for. You just have to accept it. And you said before, it's something I've already accepted. And because of that darn negative mind, it gets questioned. And you can question the crap out of it. (laughs) But it doesn't matter because it's it's not going anywhere, your gift. Mm. Yeah. And so you mentioned the shadow side. And in numerology, it's really just the weak 
and the strength. You, you can use your quote unquote shadow side as a tool to work with, just as we would in any other sort of map, like astrology or human design. They all do interweave. And this next number is your destiny number. It's also known as the knowledge number. (laughs) And it's really the main trait that you've worked on for many lifetimes that you mastered through personal sacrifice and effort. You may not see this mastery in yourself, but in actuality, it shows in everything that you do. So your destiny number is also a description of how other people see you. And your destiny number is 10. How we get to this destiny number is by adding all four digits of your birth year. And a little tidbit about the number 10 is it's a warrior number. Your variation of your destiny is that other people tend to see you as someone who's really radiant, someone who does everything with a lot of zest and a lot of energy. And if you stay on this spiritual path in your life, People will always see you as a a master, a natural warrior, full of confidence, radiance, courage. Because the 10th body is the radiant body. It's sort of this all or nothing attitude. Yeah, it's courageous. It's creative, regardless of any obstacle or fear, radiates this excellence and it exceeds expectations. Now there's the shadow and the strength. If this body, this number is a little weak, you might tend to avoid conflict or be shy. You might feel ineffective or unable to overcome fear. Your energy levels might fluctuate. But the key to balancing this is to commit to your spiritual values. Keep yourself tidy. Keep yourself as this sort of radiant, noble, courageous person. Because this is how other people see you. And if you show up that way, there you are, full of confidence, full of radiance. And this is something that you've mastered over time, many lifetimes. And here you are, back to do it again. (laughs) It shows in everything that you do. To your point, if I feel like I may not see this in myself, what do I do to strengthen? Stay on that meditative path. Your spiritual values are going to enhance this body and to balance it and to enhance it. Also, here's a funny tidbit about the 10th body, the radiant body. Don't cut your hair for a while. Your hair governs and energizes your radiant body. If you ever see a yogi with very, very long hair down to you know their knees or their ankles and they tie it up, your hair in many traditions are seen like little energetic antenna. And these antennas pull in radiance that pulls in energy. So 
give that a shot. It's a very woo. And if you think of your hair as your crown, your crown chakra connects you to the divine. Three years ago, might have been longer. I don't know with the pandemic. I don't know what time is anymore. It's a time warp. (laughs) I went in to get like a big haircut. Mm -hmm. I knew that I had had my hair long for a while and I wanted to do something different. I felt like I needed to zhuzh it up. And it was long. It was like to my ribs. Wow. The bottom of my ribs. And um, I told her that I wanted to put it like mid-shoulder length, right at my boob or six inches past my collarbone. She whacked it off. <sighs> like up to my shoulders. And I was upset for three days. And I couldn't understand why. It's a big part of who you are. It's a big energetic shock to the system. So I've been growing my hair out this past year. It's been an interesting experience because it's not about the the beauty part of it. It's about just feeling like I, to your point, just something that I felt like I needed to do. Mm-hmm. And that adds to your radiance. That adds to your energy and your zest, like how you show up. I have a hair appointment next week. I guess I'm going to cancel it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just a trim, trim the ends. But yeah. Well, little does that count? Does trimming the ends count? Maybe I shouldn't trim the ends. <laughs> well, you want to keep healthy, right? So yeah. we don't have to sacrifice like our health for this sort of like spiritual, like dogmatic process. Process? Yeah. What the heck? What is a process? A process? <laughs> a practice? <laughs> um, yeah. So you can still do the things that you you know, need to do. And yet, do you have um like a hair brushing ritual? Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm going to call out my hairdresser, Amanda Castillo right now. She is like a crown chakra and like a crown magical goddess. She is like very into the woo. I would love to have her on this podcast soon because she takes beauty and self-care and brings it to like a whole different notch. So in your like daily self-care or weekly self-care, you do your dry brushing and you scrape your tongue and you do all the things. If you did like with a very nice brush and just like had this ritual about brushing your hair from like the roots to the ends in all different directions, maybe put some like hair oil and massaged your scalp and made your hair like a beautiful part of a ritual Mm -hmm. I wonder, I really am curious about your energy and your radiance and your like just feelings about yourself Mm -hmm. if they would change. I'm going to do that and get back to you. I'm laughing because one of the things that I've battled with the most with long hair were my tangles (laughs) because I really try to not use products because a lot of products just have chemicals in them, yeah. and it's it's hard balance. Mm-hmm. As a woman who battles with so many products in her life, I, I just try to, to really, like, cut back. I found this great wet brush, but the, my least favorite part of washing my hair is brushing out the tangles when it's wet. 
and I do everything I can to make it as quick as a process as possible. I take it in one hand Mm -hmm. and I just like whack at it. Whack, 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 whack. And as quickly as I can, I want it to be done. Yeah. That's not how I talk about Ayurvedic self-care, but really why is it any different? I put my makeup on in front of one of my girlfriends one time. She had this beautiful eyeshadow palette. And so I picked a color and I quickly like slapped it on Mm. and then smudged it and then whatever. And I was like, okay, how's this? And she just looked at me and like died laughing. And she goes, why don't you take more time with that? Mm. And it's not that it looked bad. It's just sometimes I wonder how much I've forgotten about still incorporating all levels of self-care. I learned about the physical. I did the physical and I got really invested into the mental piece of it. And then I got really invested where I am now into like the energetic and the spiritual part of it. But I was re-listening to one of my Ayurvedic lectures yesterday. Basically, the teacher was saying that a yogi who meditates, you know, an exaggeration, a yogi who meditates 10 hours a day is so invested in the meditation and the spiritual piece of it that they forget to feed their physical body Mm -hmm. and they emaciate. And you can't focus on one and forget about the others. So I think this is just a reminder for myself and hopefully someone else out there to don't forget about all the pieces. And this is part of like your spirituality and how you practice your self-care is part of who you are. And it, it's interesting that you shared that story because in all of these little parts of how you take care of yourself, whether it's like slapping on the makeup or like slapping the hair or slapping a plate of food together or slapping to get like anything, right? And I use the word slap because you did, but you get the picture. Mm -hmm. (laughs) When you walk on your spiritual path, like you really walk it, people see you differently. They see you as like full of confidence and radiance and courage and like, yes, the physical, like the hair and the makeup and the self-care like that can, or physical self-care rather, that can add to radiance and confidence. But really on a, on a deeper soul level, you know that you took the time to nourish, to maybe do something that makes you feel more radiant And all of those little subtle things that you do in your either daily practice or just a part of your life add to the whole of you. The last number is your path number. And the path number is really the key to living a fulfilled life by understanding who you are and why you're here on this planet at this time. In order for you to be seen and feel fulfilled and successful your path is is this single trait that you must manifest in your day-to-day life otherwise you'll always feel that you can say you know quote something is missing from your life live your path and all else will come naturally so your path number is the sum of all the numbers of your birth date the month the day and the year you add them all up And combining all of your birth dates, Lindsay, your path is nine. So here we are again at the number nine. We can look at synchronicities in a moment, but 
what you specifically need to do in order to feel completely successful and fulfilled is to be calm and masterful through all situations of your life. It's through experiencing the subtle levels of things in the depth of your own calmness that you'll be able to soothe and inspire others. So whether that's brushing your hair, your teeth, driving down the road, having a conversation. And the key to this is to meditate become very calm and almost almost have this like unexcitable quality to you because it's really cultivating the witness. In this way, the path will feel a bit more fulfilled. Sounds like a thousand day meditation is in the is in the cards here. <laughs> so what meditation would you prescribe for me, Julie? Prescribe I would say we should work with your soul number of six because the soul number is really the core of your identity. In Kundalini yoga, there's a few different things. So to master the the sixth body, it's a daily meditation. You can work specifically with your pituitary gland. There are many different ways of, of stimulating that. An eight stroke breath meditation could be very interesting. For you, inhale in eight strokes, exhale in eight strokes, almost like a sniffing in through the nose and out. This will stimulate your pituitary gland. And you can do that for five minutes a day, 10 minutes a day. You can build up to 31 minutes if you're feeling really masterful in your own right. What I'd like to share for anyone listening, and what I hope that you've witnessed, is that for we didn't we didn't talk about this before we pressed record. Everything that Julie told me was shared live and what I realized for myself is that it was a conversation that allowed me to step back and evaluate what needed work, what resonates, and where to start. As you heard, some of the things resonated more than others and it's not to say that anything that Julie shared was quote unquote wrong. It just meant that I wasn't in a place to either hear it or use it. And the things that resonated more are the ones that I need to to walk towards. So I walked out of this numerology reading with a practice to start meditating daily again. And your numerology reading could be completely different. It would be completely different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's what's so beautiful about the work that Julie and I do is that it's completely customizable. And that's also what sometimes maybe less clear, like we don't give you a blueprint to follow with an expected outcome. Mm. It's not a one plus one equals two kind of a scenario. <laughs> Even though the numbers tell us that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, but I hear what you're that's saying. That's funny. Isn't, I didn't, it? Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Here's this information. What do you think about it? and an experience. So for me, I like for my clients to have a an experience. This is what you can experience. This is what you can feel. And that's my experience today with Julie was nondescript, meaning like I feel like I had a shift happen in my heart space. Like I feel something, I'm feeling a lot of love in my heart space, but I'm also feeling emotional release mm-hmm. in this area. So 
if you come open, you never know what, what might come up. And it sounds like you're taking what sticks and you're leaving the rest. <laughs> it's a beautiful gift of choosing where our attention goes, choosing what to look at, choosing what to walk towards, get curious about. It's another spice in our spice cabinet that we can <laughs> cook with. Exactly. Exactly. This was a lot of fun. I haven't done a, a live numerology like this before. I've been using the 10 bodies model and tantric numerology to help my clients and sort of customize their practice and, you know, how to help them. But I haven't been doing tons of numerology readings recently, and this has really been uh, inspiring to begin to offer that again as a valuable part of the process on the path. So thank you for reawakening that within me as well. So if you are curious about your tantric numerology, your own customizable practice, and just to gain a little bit more insight about yourself from the lens of this map, to our listeners, you can use the code YourWeeklyWoo to schedule a reading and you will get $50 off a reading with me. These technologies and these maps are so vast. I truly do believe like in my heart that this information given to anyone, like Lindsay said, with a sort of open mind can really make some shifts within anyone's life. Thank you, Julie for my practices that you gave and I look forward to our conversation next week. Mm, me too. Until next time, friends. Be well. Until next time. <laughs>